0: Hey, Erica. This is a good one. I mean, are we going to cry through it? No. No, we're not crying, (laughs) but we do really dissect the book, The Girl in the Stilt. Gosh, I keep saying that. The Girls in the Stilt's House. The Girls in the Stilt's House. Yes. If you read it,
1: um, I hope you listen and love it. If you didn't read it and you don't want spoilers, you should stop listening right now.
0: Yes, and go read the book or listen to the Audible, the audio book. We heard over and over that it was a good narrator. So listen, we are
1: going to talk about how it ends. We are going to give away some spoilers. We are going to dissect it. If you don't want to know those details, please don't listen.
0: Yes, so we cover the book. We answer some questions. We listen to some readers' messages, and, and we read their emails. And then we have a little debate on laundry detergent. Listen. <laughs> I we're talking
1: to you, Schaefer. Schaefer, there's something for everyone. We talk about Absolutely. Thanksgiving. We talk a lot oh, yeah. about Thanksgiving. Our favorite foods, yes. what we prefer. Yes, we argue about um detergent. We Hey, Schaefer, <laughs> Schaefer, listen. We talk about dog going to the bathroom. I'm saying we talk about way more than just the book. We cover it all. Schaefer,
0: yes. You're going to love it.
1: Schaefer is still crying from last week's adoption episode. <laughs> it spoke to her heart. It spoke to so many of your hearts. Thank you so much for the feedback on that episode. Yes, we
0: appreciate you listening. And we have some new ideas thanks to you for some upcoming adoption episodes as well. Yeah. So that was a great episode. Today is a good episode. If you are not a book person, you will still like today's episode. Yeah. We cover a lot outside yes. of the book. So we hope you enjoy it. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. I'm Erica. And I'm Shay. And we're two bestie moms breaking down topics each week here on our podcast. We cover everything from pop culture to travel, motherhood, organization, fitness, fashion, food, and so much more. We're two best friends just chatting about life. And we're so excited you're here. Listen, we're chuckling. We've had some technical difficulties. I'm making Erica speak into the mic. I know you guys, it's like a whole new world. The microphones in my face, I can't really see anything. So I'm like going into this blind. (laughs) I can't read notes. I can't. Doesn't our sound sound so much better? Please, please (laughs) comment and tell me how great I sound so that if I'm not making any sense, at least it sounds good, right? It sounds so good. (laughs)
1: No, it's our bestie book club book two. We were just talking about the weather. It's so nice outside. It's nice and chilly, perfect book weather,
0: book reading yes, weather. I love this weather. It's going to be a good episode. Yes. To, okay, so to dive in, we're talking about the second book that we read in our little book club series and it's The Girls in the Stilt House. Yes, and
1: it's the debut novel by this author which just shocked me. Because it was so good. I'm like, how, how does somebody just write their first book that amazing?
0: I know. Yeah. She did it big. She went all in. Yeah.
1: So I know we're jumping ahead, but we're just really excited to talk about it. Um, before we get into the details, do you want to play a game? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to it. You want a game? Okay. Well, so today's game has nothing to do with the book club. This is for you, <laughs> Schaefer. Um, it is, it's November. It is almost Thanksgiving. So I thought we would do a little Thanksgiving this or that. You know, we're not doing a Thanksgiving episode, right? Okay,
0: yeah. So this will suffice. Yes.
1: So let me just ask you if we now we ranked holidays and you and I didn't really see eye Disagreed, to eye. Yes. yes. So where would you put Thanksgiving in your ranking
0: of the holidays? Oh, let me. I mean, I guess I would probably put it right after Halloween. So number four. Yeah. Number four. Yeah. It would be my number four, too.
1: So, but mine would be after July 4th. Oh, wait. yeah that's right that's right number four yeah and then I think for me there's a huge gap after Thanksgiving Valentine's Day Mother's Day you know Labor Day Easter we know my thoughts on Easter um much further down like I like Thanksgiving
0: Day I like Thanksgiving Day me too I like that it's on a Thursday and then you have the whole weekend to kind of celebrate a little you know
1: I would say actually I enjoy Thanksgiving Day you know I don't do like a big build-up to Thanksgiving Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like in Christmas mode already, but I enjoy Thanksgiving day probably more than Halloween day or Christmas day because I enjoy the build up to those, the anticipation. Yes. But actual Thanksgiving day, I like
0: it. Like you wake up, there's the parade, you're going to eat all day, watch football. I think it's probably because if Thanksgiving day was on a Sunday mm-hmm. and it was like bam, we do it and then the next day we return to work, I think you would feel differently. That's a valid point. I guess it kicks off a four-day weekend. I know. And it kind of kicks off a little bit of like the Christmas season. Or if you're someone who celebrates like four different Thanksgivings, then you're like celebrating the whole weekend.
1: I I think it goes back to
0: like the day of the week that it's celebrated. Which is part of the reason that you're not the biggest fan of Easter.
1: Okay, so if we put Easter on... A Thursday. A
0: Thursday. And you know, if we put Halloween on a Friday, I think Halloween on a Friday is just perfection. I think you would like Easter more because you'd probably do like really fun things the rest of the weekend. And it would feel like a bigger event than just like we have, you know, an Easter meal. I know we're trying, but I just don't know how I would...
1: Up a whole weekend of Cadbury cream eggs, you would get do a
0: lot of (laughs) hugs.
1: No, refer back to me not loving candy. Maybe the pie is really also what—that's what what it is. You know, it's the food, it's the dessert. (laughs) Just last night, Kensington was like, "Mom, I have a new idea for a pie," and I'm like, "I'm all in. I'm taking notes. What are we gonna do?" The pie gets me, Um, but yeah, it's almost Thanksgiving. Do you watch the parade?
0: Uh, It's usually on. I mean, we don't like. Sit down and never take our eyes off the TV. It's not that kind of show mm-hmm. that we watched, or um, just because I feel like there are a lot of commercials. Do you feel like that? Um, That wasn't like a first
1: thought that came to my mind. We're big parade watchers. So, like we sit down and commit to it. For the how long? Because I mean, that parade um, is on for like over an hour. Yeah, I think it's on for two hours. Like there's like the pre parade stuff. Yes. And then that, what is it, the dog show always comes on after it. Um, I think it's two hours. We watch like pretty much oh, two, hours yeah. there yeah. two hours. Yeah. And we'll eat like breakfast
0: and, you know, it always ends with Santa. You no, know, we look forward to it. I like the parade. No, we will have it on when we're like eating or cooking for the meal, but we don't really like sit there and watch.
1: I think though it's fair to say, um, a musical number and show tunes is much more my family than yours. Yeah, absolutely. I would say yeah. that too. Yes. Yeah. So it like speaks to the Broadway play loving people that we are. And I would get like, probably you're like, you've seen one chorus line. You've seen enough. Absolutely. Yeah. yes. No, we do that. And then we're going to eat and then we're going to watch
0: football. It's a fun time. Yeah, we will. It'll be on, but then we'll eat. We'll watch football. We'll do all the rest of it. But my family would rather set for a football game than the parade. For sure. Ironically, I think my family's the opposite. I know that. Yeah. That's funny because I think they would switch. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. That's going to
1: be a good day. Well, it will. I've got a little Thanksgiving this throw that for you. Okay. Let's do okay. it. Okay.
0: Are you ready, Erica? Turkey or ham? Oh, okay. I'm going to give you a lot of thoughts on this. Um, you know, I don't really love a meat. Yeah. I agree with you on Thanksgiving Day. I don't really like for things to think, to taste like either turkey or ham. I'd rather it tastes like the smoky flavor or <laughs> I'd rather there be like a flavor that I'm tasting. <laughs> but I think turkey tends to always go dry faster or quicker for than sure. ham. So I'm going to go ham.
1: You're going to go ham. Mm-hmm. Um, what and would
0: it, you say there? I would say, you know,
1: I'm going to say all the sides. I don't even need turkey or ham on my plate. Yeah. But I, would not that weird?
0: I love meat so much. Yeah, that is weird. You don't like a ham or turkey, though. You want, like, the pork. You want the brisket. You yeah, want, right? I, I also, I love meat
1: in things. I think that's where meat really wins for me. Yeah. Meat in a meatball and a taco and yeah. a pasta wrapped up on something in a stick. Like,
0: <laughs> right? I, yeah. so
1: I am going to feel out of obligation. I have to put a meat on my plate. And I'm, I'm going to go put ham. much.
0: It's going to be a very small piece.
1: What would you prefer? Let's wait. What would you prefer your Thanksgiving meal be?
0: Well, I like all the sides for Thanksgiving. So you would stick, if you
1: could change it to anything you wanted.
0: No, I would probably keep it because never, ever else, other than maybe like Christmas or Easter, am I eating like broccoli and rice casserole mm-hmm. with a side of mashed potatoes, right? Like I'm never eating that any other time. So I like the food. I'm just not, I'm not getting a lot of meat. No. I would have a taco bar if my family would let me. But I have tacos. Like, you too. We have tacos, I feel like, all the time. I am so disinterested in Thanksgiving food. Oh, no, no, no. Give them to me. Until we get to the pie. I'm
1: very interested in the pie. Okay, okay. But I could pass on the whole meal, which my family used to do the Thanksgiving meal on Christmas Eve. And then when I married Andrew's family and I realized they did an appetizer party Uh instead, I... I got my family on board with the appetizer party and that like totally is my, like all those cream cheesy dips. Yes. And, yes. But I used to eat this meal like so many times. Uh, no, okay. I'm going to pick ham. Okay. I digress. Me too. Me um, too. Okay. Creamed spinach or green bean
0: casserole? Green bean casserole. Me too. I like cream spinach. Do you like cream spinach? I do, but I, um, like probably not, it's not my first choice, yeah. like homemade, you know what I mean? Like steak restaurant? Yes. But- yes. Cornbread or dinner rolls? I'll skip either of those. Those aren't my jam. (laughs) I'm going to go with cornbread. Oh,
1: hold on. I lost my game. Oh, right there. Cornbread. I'm going with cornbread. Okay, sweet potatoes or mashed potatoes?
0: Mashed potatoes. I'm going with sweet potatoes. Like a sweet potato casserole? Mm, No, that that could go, that leans like, let's put it on the dessert table. Yeah, that's
1: right. It leans pie.
0: Yeah. That's why I'm here for it. Yes. No, No, thank you.
1: I'm getting two scoops of that because it leans (laughs) towards pie.
0: My grandmother
1: does it and I'll post, I can post this recipe. She does it with the like um, praline pecans on top. Uh It really leans pie. Love that. Oh, do you call it stuffing or dressing? We call
0: it dressing. What do you call it? We call it dressing too. It's probably because it's not inside our turkey. Correct.
1: Which I think is like the technical difference. But I do think people use it interchangeably. Yeah. We call it dressing. Because it's
0: the same thing, just like where it's placed, right? Yes.
1: yes. Yes. I probably would. See, that's so weird about me. I don't want turkey. But if you take my turkey and stuff it with something, then the turkey becomes interesting to me.
0: Oh, I would much rather have, like if you're offering me turkey or dressing, give me the dressing. Yes. But I would like, I, if you're offering me turkey or turkey stuffed with dressing, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. There's something
1: about like mixing my meat with another food that speaks to me. Yeah. Um, cranberry sauce or gravy?
0: I want cranberry sauce.
1: Oh, I do too. Yeah. Now, if you're going to do a gravy, I know a brown gravy is traditional on Thanksgiving, but I prefer a cream gravy from picking between my gravies. Me too. I'm not really interested in a brown gravy. I'm not either. Mm. It's fine, but it just doesn't speak to me. Pumpkin pie or pecan pie? Pecan. Yeah, this is like asking me to pick which child is my favorite. I, it's so, I'm going to say pumpkin, but pecan is right there with it. I I love them both.
0: I, I love is them. It's not my both. favorite flavor
1: As when you're comparing this to friends,
0: it's just Ew. crazy. Overstuff yourself or eat leftovers. Um, I'm gonna do a little bit of both that day. Yeah. I'm gonna probably eat a little bit too much, but then I wanna have leftovers too. So,
1: I'm going to come in with those leftovers and make it something interesting, like a turkey taco. See, I'm going to, I'm going to, or I have those turkey cranberry quesadillas that I make. Yes. I'm going to take it and I'm going to be like, fine, like, give me, give me, give me the pieces and I'm going to put it together in a way that speaks to me. And you're going to put dressing and cranberry sauce yes. and turkey and some like quesadilla. Swiss cheese. And like, oh, then that's so funny. It like, s- then it's, it speaks to me. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, Help cook dinner, help wash up after. I would rather help cook dinner. I would too. I feel like I do both, but I would, I would too. Um, Okay. Movies, this or Mm -hmm. that, free birds or a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving?
0: A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, for sure. Me too. And then the last one, shop on Black Friday or stay home and sleep.
0: I used to love getting out to shop Black Friday sales. I love that. Just like the adventure, but I kind of think COVID changed all of that. Or maybe the fact that stores started opening so early. I think that's what it is too on Thanksgiving Day that it, it made it like, well, now if you want to shop, you almost have to plan your entire meal around yeah. when people are going to leave. And I don't like that. So I would stay at home and sleep. Uh, that's me too. You know, Andrew, L- well, he doesn't anymore, but it's what you said. It's because used to,
1: when Black Friday sales started at midnight, Andrew would get in line at 11 yeah. and he would have scoured, you know, the flyers or the internet or whatever to get that TV. But now they almost start on like Wednesday. Yeah. And it's like anticlimactic. And it, yeah, it interrupts your
0: day. Yeah. I, some of them I remember on Thanksgiving, like they start at like four or five and it's like you can't eat at the time you typically yeah. want to eat. So
1: yeah. Um, okay. The Thanksgiving made me think of have your, has your family watched planes, trains, and automobiles? No. With Steve Martin. I mean, I
0: know what movie you're talking about. But okay. Not it's a this.
1: Thanksgiving movie. Okay. so you need to watch it. I mean, it's a little inappropriate with the language. Just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Are we talking like rated R? Like PG-13? Oh, I need to look it up what it's rated. Okay. Uh, there's no sexual content. There's no violence. Maybe a naughty word here and there. It is so funny. And it is a Thanksgiving movie because that's what holiday They're it is. They're traveling for? Oh, my kids look forward to it every year. It is okay, hysterical. Okay, wait. I was going to look it up. Yeah. Tell me what it's rated. I mean, it's John Candy and Steve Martin. I feel like that could go either way. And it's from the 80s. But um, it's so funny. Arr. What does it say for language? It has to be for language.
0: A- Erica's Googling. I'll, I'll yeah, just sorry. fill in the gap while she Googles. It, I can't really see why quickly, I, but it, maybe it is for the language. Does it say
1: what year it came out?
0: I'm trying to 1987.
1: Oh, it, okay. So I feel like that came out in nineteen eighty-seven. I feel like if it came out today, it would easily be PG thirteen. Yeah, It'd probably be made those for TV. Are
0: so different now, yeah.
1: right? I mean, I'm not saying that's right. I'm yeah. just saying I think if you held it by today's standards, there's no sexual content, no violence, and they're saying just a few choice words. Anyway, it's funny. You should yeah. watch it.
0: Okay. okay. All right. Um. So, are we going to talk about the book now? Yeah. Are you let's, ready? Let's transition to our book.
1: I'm so excited to talk about this Okay, The
0: Girls in the Stilt House. Uh, First, before we start chatting, um, I thought I would read like the little Amazon synopsis just in case you haven't read, but you're listening to this and are thinking like, what is the book about? Okay, so set in 1920s Mississippi, this debut Southern novel weaves a beautiful and harrowing story of two teenage girls cast in an unlikely partnership through murder. Perfect for readers of Where the Crawdads Sing and If the Creek Don't Rise. Ada promised herself she would never go back to the trace to her hard life on the swamp and her harsh father. But now, after running away to Baton Rouge and briefly knowing a different kind of life, she finds herself with nowhere to go but back home, and she knows there will be a price to pay with her father. Matilda, daughter of a sharecropper, is from the other side, doing what she can to protect her family from the whims and demands of some particularly callous locals. Is an ongoing struggle. She forms a plan to go north to pack up the secrets she's holding about her life in the South and hang them on the line for all to see in Ohio. As the two girls are drawn deeper into a dangerous world of bootleggers and moral corruption, they must come to terms with the complexities of their bond and a hidden past that links them in ways that could cost them their lives. I like hearing that after I've read the book. You know, I, was, I yeah, I know. Probably before it kind of doesn't really make as much sense. Yeah. Um. Okay. Wait. First thing. Did you read If the Creek Don't Rise? Oh, oh
1: my gosh! Like it's like you're reading off my questions. No, I, I have not read that. I thought um it was very similar to where the crawdads Sing and then Paper Palace. It gave me the same vibes as Paper Palace.
0: Yeah. If you haven't read Paper Palace, I feel like that was a. I mean there it, there were some like dark, hard things to read in that book, but another good one. If you read, I feel like it's not as it's newer, so probably as many people haven't read it as like where the crawdads sing, just because it's been out longer.
1: This book is new too, didn't it say this book was released mm. in April of this year? Yeah, it was really new. Yeah. So I don't. What genre is that? The word it's not because it's not chick I mean, it's fiction, no. clearly. Yeah. Uh, it's not. They're not really suspense or mystery. It's just like really good
0: literature. I don't I know, know. I would <laughs> call it like heavy hearty fiction. Yeah. That's not a thing. I just made it up. But
1: No, because they're very different. Where the Crowd Dead, Sink, The Paper Palace, this book are very different. But yet they all feel like when I'm reading them, they feel the same.
0: Yeah. They're like a heavy story, but a fiction story.
1: Yes. I think all three men can read. I think all three, um, whether you are 18, you could read it. If you're 80, you could read it. I mean, I don't think it's like age specific. I don't think it's gender specific. I think, right? I feel like yeah. it just, you know, speaks to everyone. I just re- recommended it. Um, a nice, nice, nice guy that works at our grocery store. He, uh, re- one of the retired gentlemen that works there. He always reads my book reviews and we always talk about books and so I told him to read it and he read it and he, cause he loved where the crowd dads sing. Oh, but yeah. He is n- n- an older gentleman. I don't know how old he is, but it spoke to him, right? You think like yeah. it really, I don't know, all of them are really
0: good. What are we gonna call it? Hardy fiction? Yeah. I, I like think that. That's where like our, our, um, like if we were a Venn diagram and our, book choices yes, yes I think that's where they would intersect because you don't really love a thriller I mean you read them yes but I think like you would prefer a book like this over yes, a thriller right okay ex- okay yes
1: I will say sometimes this book had it a little bit but Paper Palace and Where the Crawdads Sing had it more for me but this book had it a little bit sometimes in these hearty fiction books there's like a rhythm the author is using when the characters are speaking uh-huh. like just that's it takes me a minute to get into it it, it, to get into the rhythm. Does that make sense? Like, they're not speaking like how you and I are talking to each other right now.
0: Well, they speak more like how
1: they would talk. Is or that what you mean? Almost like a little poetic or sing song here. You know, like the characters. Okay, sorry. You know, like they just, there's like a melody to the book that in a Chicklet book or an Elden Hildebrand book, like, I'm not getting that. It's right. very straightforward. Um. So, it, it, anyway, it, it took me a second, like, as I started reading, my brain had to get into, like, okay, this is, has like a rhythm to it.
0: Yes. Okay. So before we like tell if we yeah. liked it, if we didn't, all that kind of stuff, I grabbed a couple questions that I found online. Um, so what if we answer those first? Yeah, I glanced down. I haven't seen these questions. I just glanced down at okay. your list. And the first question is where I wanted to start. Okay, good. Okay. So, so first question, how did you feel about Ada's return to the trace? I, I even, when the book was over,
1: I went back. Because I kept trying to figure out. They didn't talk about that enough. That was missing for me.
0: I know. I um, That part, if I could change something. Or yes. I could have intervened. Yes. I would have gone in and been like, hey, let's go over your options here. Yes. Because as I was reading... I just happened to be watching. I just was watching that maid show. Yes, that's on yes, Netflix. Uh-huh. which you should read the book if you haven't read the book of that, too. I didn't read the book, but I watched the show. But I think very similar. So but in there, I mean, she like hits rock bottom. Yeah. And I guess I don't know, like seeks out the right people, seeks out help. So she finds some options. Like, I feel like Ada thought the trace was her only option. OK, I, I'm so glad you started here because as, as we will talk, I
1: have very little that I didn't enjoy. But I felt there was a big gaping hole too because why couldn't she have stayed with her boyfriend? Did he, I, like, I either felt like we needed to villainize him a little bit more and she really didn't. It was like, he was great. I
0: loved him. Well, we, I think she was just embarrassed. Like, he realized they were just better off friends so he was like breaking up with her but instead of her being honest and saying, like, I literally yes. have nowhere else to go. She was too embarrassed to say that. So she, remember when he yes. said, like, you have somewhere to go. Right. And she was like, oh, yes. And she kind of made up that lie. I don't remember who she said she was going to see. Or maybe she didn't even tell him. An
1: aunt was like her mom's sister yes, or something. Yes. Um, I needed him to villainize him a little bit more because I thought like he sounded like a guy that was nice enough
0: that if she would have just been honest. Yeah or he could have helped her yes. find a shelter yes. or like well let's find yes. you a job or i know i want to and maybe that's us looking at this with like rose colored glasses right because we've never been in that situation sure. where you literally literally feel like i have no options but to go back to this like abusive horrible home
1: yeah
0: um i get i think just because in the maid story i saw how she like hit rock bottom and was like I'm getting out mm-hmm. so it made me want uh, to see a little bit of that from Ada versus like I've got nowhere to go so I'm I needed that from her the whole book No, oh, right but
1: maybe that's what made Matilda the other character look so much stronger oh and she was so much yeah. more likable because yes. she had like that fight in her yes to and Ada didn't have that fight in her I and I wanted her to have it or I wanted her to like go back to where he go find him go tell him you're a dad now go he's because that's the thing he seemed like a nice enough guy had he known what was going on he would have helped her yeah so I either needed the author to villainize him more so like I didn't want her to go back there or explain more why she wouldn't other than or why she couldn't trust him yes. enough to say like I
0: have nowhere to go there
1: was a hole there for me okay. enough so that that was the only thing that when the book was over I thought did I I want to go back and reread some of that stuff I am I missing Yeah. I just, there was something lacking. So that's interesting. That was the first question you found to talk about.
0: Okay, so the next question, you kind of started touching on Matilda. So their relationship after the first night, who's in charge and how are their actions shaped by Virgil's lingering presence? Do you have any thoughts on that? I think Matilda's always in charge. Me too. I I agree. I thought she was in charge from the beginning. Then when Ada is... Pregnant, has the baby. She's the one with the experience. Yes. Still in charge. Um, Ada never tries to be in charge. I don't think either. You know, I feel like
1: she's surrendered. She was grateful she wasn't in charge. Yeah, I think that sums up her
0: character. Yes. Yes. She always wanted. uh, I don't want to take anything away from her, but I felt like she always wanted or needed someone to take care of her. Yes. Yes. Yes, and I keep saying it, but in the maid book, you know that girl like totally handles it herself. Yes, so I think that was um, it was different. Like we wanted some drive and fight, and seeing it in Matilda made yes. us realize that Ada needed her. Yes, right? Like she didn't need yes. Matilda a lot yes. more than Matilda needed Ada. Yes, for sure. I,
1: yeah, I um, I wanted her the whole book. I thought she i like I thought she was nice and loved her her baby. Like, I liked her, but I just wanted her to get some like some gumption, like get some like something, you know. Yes. Uh, but maybe again, that made us realize exactly how strong Matilda was to survive what yeah. she did on her side of the trace and to come over there. And, But yeah, um, even her later, you know, like going into the city, like I just wanted Ada, like, come on, fight, like fight more.
0: Okay, the question, the part about Virgil, I do feel like we saw it a little bit when she cleaned up his room yeah. and decided, like, okay, we're gonna use this space now. Yeah, I mean, it took her a while. It took
1: her a while,
0: but that was a part of her that we saw that was like, okay, yeah, there you go. Oh, he was a nasty guy. Oh, yeah, so nasty. Um, all right, these are good questions. Okay, think about Virgil and Frank. Did yes. you think they were like? Like comparable villains. Yeah. Did you uh, think they were very similar in how that all went down? So
1: I think we're going to talk about it maybe in a minute. In my head, when every time Frank would come on, I don't know why, but I thought of Kevin Spacey. I don't know why. Smarmy. Small. Small. Um, going to manipulate to get what he wants. Yes. And maybe not Kevin. I don't know. Maybe it's Kevin Spacey. Or like the characters he tends to play are just those that...
0: He's just going to manipulate people to get his way. He okay. plays those characters a lot. That's funny that you saw him because I saw, Um, I forgot, uh, I forgot his name, but you know, the smaller brother in Yellowstone. That's the yes. like, lawyer. Yeah. yeah. I don't yes. remember his name.
1: Yes. But is it with the J?
0: Yes. Yeah, something. Yes. Is it Jamie? Yes. 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 Jamie. Yes. Okay. yes. Yes. I envisioned him where like yeah. almost like his slicked hair yes. is like, I can see it very similar to like slimy. the Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, because
1: I think Virgil was, I mean, I think they were both terrible, but I think Virgil was, You, what you see is what you get, more physical, yeah. more, where I think Frank is almost a little more frightening to me because it's all mind games and manipulation and you don't know if you can trust him or not. And you can't
0: tell by looking at him. No. And I also think he used his like social status yeah. or his money yeah. to kind of get to get away with things that Virgil never would have gotten away with just because of their different backgrounds. Yeah. Although Virgil was incredibly violent.
1: Yes, yes. You know, I mean, Frank was too, but Virgil, I think oh. even maybe more
0: so, yeah. just so terrible and violent. Well, he was probably more physical. And like you said, Frank was more mind.
1: Yeah, like you, you, at least you kind of knew what you were getting with Virgil.
0: Yeah. Terrible. He wasn't playing mind games with you. You saw the terrible. He told you about the terrible. Okay, this isn't a question, but you know how when it looked like the house was swaying and it was going to mm-hmm. fall any minute. Would you have like tried to go get some money? Would you have kind of made the house fall? <laughs> so like, I a part of me wanted to be like, if it's right there and she had money to use to mm-hmm. like escape this, would she have tried a little harder to get that? Or literally like just completely walked away? I wanted her to try.
1: Because I kept thinking like, you're a mom, like you need to try, like you need to do yeah. anything you can to
0: try, but that just wasn't her character, yeah, i yeah, I feel like Matilda would have yes, Matilda like, would have climbed tried. in the yep. house mm-hmm. and done her yep. best, or yep. like made the house collapse yep. and then dig through the rubbish, yeah, or, I think so too, yeah, I think she
1: yes, I absolutely
0: do, and I think Ada was just too weak, yeah,
1: you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. Which again stems from having a very violent, horrible father. Yeah. Um. But I think I want. I was rooting for her to do something other than just not watch it. You know. Yeah.
0: Me too. Yeah. That wasn't a question. I just. It was a good question though. Um. Okay. So Matilda blamed herself for losing her dad and, um, the baby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How did that guilt motivate her?
1: Um. Do you, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, well, I think it almost made her like she lost everything important to her. So then it was like, well, then she had nothing to lose, you know? Yeah. So then she acted from a place of like, I now I have nothing left to lose. So I will come up from behind Virgil and I'll kill him. And I yes. will, I will do whatever I want with, and I don't care about the repercussions because I have literally nothing to lose. I feel like that, that's what I felt from it. Yeah. No, that was,
0: that was good. It was so sad. That part was... So so sad. It was. It was. That was maybe the saddest part of the whole book. So sad. I mean, same same thing with Ada's mom. Just
1: so sad. Yes.
0: So oh. sad.
1: But I do think that, and these obviously fictional characters, but Ada's was like almost paralyzing to her, where I feel like Matilda's yeah. was like a motivating factor of like, well... Forget it. I'm just doing whatever I want now. And I'm not worried about losing anything. And yeah. And made her bolder and more free. Yes. Yeah. Those parts were really sad. Do you think she forgives herself?
0: Uh, No, I don't think she ever forgave herself, which was probably a big part of the reason why she was there for so long. Yeah. Because she, I don't know, I think she needed to feel like she did something to help someone else, almost to like make up for it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. The, that was the parts were heavy. Good questions.
1: Um, we have some questions from readers too.
0: Yes. We... Okay. Do you want to do the? Are you? Are we ready for those? The audio questions first, or do you want me to read some of the comments and emails?
1: Um. Either way, Erica, you pick.
0: Okay. Let's do a couple first. Okay. This is one. Um, that said, it's an email that I'm reading. It says, I love the book. I listened on Audible and the narrator was fantastic. Mm. When the book first started, I thought she sounded like the narrator for Where the Crawdads Sing, but nope, just another great narrator. So heads up, if you are not a fan of reading and you like to listen on Audible, it sounds like this is a good one to do that. I love the story. Don't we all need a Matilda? Uh, The devastation that both girls endured and the richness of their friendship and desire to continue was intense. By the way, did anyone else want to learn to sew after reading this? Bye, Frank. If someone is wanting to try audiobooks, I would highly recommend. When it came near the end of the book, I began to feel sad. I so wanted this story to continue. I have not stopped thinking about it. Super sweet. Uh,
1: Super sweet, but I'm the opposite. When I read, like, hard books, I can't wait for them to be over. I'm
0: like, this one was hard. You need to rest and have, I like, do. a light. It almost goes back to your reasoning for not liking thrillers because you want to watch something, like, yes. good and light and carefree. No,
1: because, see, I'm the exact— Now, I have never listened to an Audible book, and I'm sure I would— I love podcasts, so I'm sure I would like to listen to an Audible book. Oh, yeah. But I I needed it to be over because, you know, even at towards the very, very end, I kept thinking, like, how is the situation going to be redeemed? How are— either of them going to like have this and you know I need a good ending like or like some resolution and I was exhausted J- just when you thought things couldn't get
0: worse they would get worse I know I almost um I know it was better for both of them in the end but like because Ada needed Matilda so much it was almost sad for me that they like split and did their own thing yes I you know? I, I yeah I agree I that was but random. maybe that
1: was the only way that Ada was going to learn how to do things on her own. Probably. Which I think that was probably the point.
0: But I, it was yeah. good for Matilda to get not, yes. what her heart had desired.
1: But. And not have the baggage of Ada and, yes. and Anna's. And the baby. Yeah. But I really thought they were going to end together. Like lifelong Me too. friends. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. This was from Christy. Sorry. The first one cut off the name. So I'm not sure who sent that in. But it was very sweet. Um, Chrissy said, this book was so interesting because sometimes I couldn't wait for it to be over Mm -hmm. and sometimes I was completely immersed. It reminded me so much of where the crawdads sing from the plot to the setting and even to Ada's character. My question, who did you find yourself rooting for? I felt like I cheered for Ada and Matilda both at different moments, but was frustrated by them both as well. What did you think about the ending? Oh yeah, I disliked how unfinished Gertie's story felt. Thank you for building Mm -hmm. community around books. I agree with that. I I forgot about Gertie and how it ended abruptly for the most part. Yeah, Gertie was just,
1: yeah, I mean, it didn't elaborate any more on that. And I can't remember, did we find out who was
0: taking care of the girl that she was raising? No, I don't think so. Like, we don't know, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Christy, I agree with you because I'd like like to know what was going on with her. I liked her. She was a good character. Yeah. She was a really good character.
1: I... Did Matilda disappoint me in the book? I don't think she ever did.
0: No, I would say, I mean I think I was cheering for both of them, but I think I got a lot more frustrated with Ada than I ever felt toward Matilda because Matilda was the stronger of yeah. the two. So if I was choosing one, I would say I was rooting for Matilda a little more.
1: Yeah, I was for sure re- I was rooting for Ada, but she just kept wearing me out because <laughs> You know, I felt like poor Matilda was having to carry her weight and everything. Um, but I for sure was brooding for Matilda the whole time. Yeah. What did you think about her leaving her baby? Uh, Ada, I didn't like that part. I was like, why are you leaving your baby? Like, don't separate from the baby. Oh, like, things I are didn't so either. fragile.
0: When she left her with yeah. that other family. I know that. That stressed me out big time. And yeah. I mean, Frank. Yeah, that whole that whole part was stressful yeah. for sure. That whole part was really, really stressful.
1: And, um, yeah, I just kept thinking, like, we were just not making good choices. Like, without <laughs> Matilda there, I felt like she wasn't making good choices. Yeah. So, no, Ada frustrated me.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, Ashley said she read the book in three settings. She Ooh. loved it. Or sittings, I should say. Um. Kristen, who we know, said, I'm trying to get into the new book club book, but it's slow for me. Did you feel that way? Do I just keep pushing? Um, I have so many books on my list and I get sad when I hit a slow one, which I totally understand.
1: Yeah, I think I think this genre could be a little slow,
0: you know? Yeah, there's, I feel like because it's so hearty and meaty there, yes. it takes so much longer to like set up the whole story.
1: Yes, and I do think there's some sort of like poetic way the author's writing so it just for me that slows me down uh-huh. also i would agree i think it was the person before that but i would be like all in and then i'd be like oh my gosh please make this i just wanted it to be over cuz i needed like peace in my heart about it or then i'd be
0: like oh this is so good and then i'd be like oh gosh just wrap it up yeah end, end. yes don't let anything else terrible happen yeah i th- you and i talked about this in real life even though we tried not to talk about this book until we're recording right this yeah. second But that always reminds me of The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. I felt like that book could have really been four different books, but it would be like I would turn the page thinking like, we're going to resolve it. And my, my um, Kindle would say 23%, you know, and I'm thinking like, it has to be almost over because that was huge. And we just got out of it. And then another like plot twist would happen. That's such a great book. It is. Um, Okay. Laura said it was the best book I've read in a long time. I'm so sad it's over. Um, but then on the flip side, I'm sorry, this name is cut off. She didn't like it. It was too hard to read and it's not engaging. (laughs) She said, if it were not for a book club, I would have already stopped. And and I get that too,
1: because I just think it did take, just like you said, it took a while. Well, also, you don't know when you first start reading it, that it's going to flip and then you're going to hear it from Matilda's perspective, right? Yes. When you first start reading it, it sounds just one-sided from Ada's perspective. You get a third of the way in, and then it like, whoop, it flips, and now you're hearing Matilda's side. So if you don't, I mean, I totally see that because it does take, once I feel like I started getting both perspectives, it moved a lot faster too.
0: Yes. Um, Okay, last one. And I'm sorry, again, I'll I'll do better about not cutting names off. I apologize. This one says, God, I'm having the hardest time finishing this one. It's not holding my attention. But I have way too much phone, FOMO to not finish by the Aww. time the podcast is out. I loved that. So hopefully she got finished. Um, so those were our comments and emails that I found. Speaking of the finish, uh, it was enough for me.
1: Uh, you know, I like a nice happy ending. Yeah. Our, our, it, resolution is like my bare minimum. But a happy ending is even better. And I felt like it, it was enough
0: for me. Except Gertie. We could have used a yeah. little, I mean, I know she was older, so I'm assuming she, like, you know, like, just died, she died because she was older or she got sick or something like that. But I would have liked to know what happened to that... I don't remember her name, but that girl that she... That lived with Gertie. Well,
1: and Gertie was, like, very important to the community. I know. Very important. So that, you know, she was... Not just delivering babies, but like women's health and just health in general. And she was very important to the community. So that she was a great character. She was a great just like sub character. Yeah. We needed to hear that someone stepped into Gertie's place. <laughs> Cause you know, there weren't a lot of characters in this book. No. Um, you know, the last book we read, there were so many, right? Uh, everybody was married, but has, uh, uh, spouses. And then there was like multiple detectives. Yeah, like, there, there, there were so many. So people. many. But in this one, really, there's not a lot of characters. I agree. Uh so, and she was a really good one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: Okay, good feedback. Okay, you want to hear our audio questions? Yeah, let's
0: listen to them. All right, here we go. Today, we are starting off with two amazing questions about our wonderful book club. The first coming from Miss Brienne Crawford. Hello, this is Brienne. So, my favorite part in the book was when... Ada started working on the clothes encouraged by Flora and Matilda started her writing. Um, It was really cool to see both girls start to be passionate about something when their lives were so hard and had so many challenges. So I guess my question is, have you ever had someone in your life like Flora who encouraged your passions or kind of inspired you um, to try something new or
1: um, to try a new passion project? Well, that's a great question. It is, I forgot
0: about that part. We were talking,
1: and thank you, John. John's amazing. Our producer, John, is so great. Um, That was a great one that he picked for us. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So, do you have an answer? I mean, right off the top of my head, I would guess. I I guess I would probably say um, that, like, when I became a teacher, you know how my on my particular third grade team there were five of us, and those other four women. Not only did I not have family here. But I was completely new to the job and new just to the education world, period. Um, They were all amazing. And I learned so much from each and every one of them. And they really like took me under their wing and helped me, I don't know, know like just little simple things that I feel like people probably assume that, you know, as teachers that until someone tells you, sometimes it's like, oh, I didn't know we were supposed to do that. They were amazing and incredible and like they became my work family and we even hung out some on the weekends like they were great. Um, So I would probably say them like they come to mind first.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah. What about that's you? That's really good. Um, When I was listening to her question, you know, I started my blog like during like the worst like season of my life. I had just had a miscarriage. Yes. And I was in the middle of fertility and I was just sad and depressed and had a job I didn't love. And we laugh about it. Like, listen, we laugh about it now, but Andrew and my mom were very like, this blog is stupid. Okay. (laughs) They didn't say it. Well, kind of, but they just were not (laughs) encouraging. Okay. Yeah. They were just like, they, they were not like, we laugh about it now, right? Like, okay. But the first few little people that, I connected with in that way, like that read it and commented. And I don't know, it just, it really inspired me to like connect with these other people and that I could have these things in common with these other people and, and like keep going and keep I'm going. Sure. Yeah. Yes. It motivated me to keep going, but it then it motivated me that there were so many other people out there like me, or maybe not like me, but just with the same core values as me. And I don't know, this online community started with just a handful and some are still there. And I just, That was really like inspiring to me. Like in a really dark time, people I didn't even know were sweet and loving and supportive of me when like my own husband and mom were like, I mean, really, you're gonna take a picture of your food and post it. Like (laughs) We joke about it now. Um, Laughs on them. But uh, but there were just strangers out there that were like just really sweet during a really dark time. And so uh, sometimes when I still see their names, it just means a lot to me.
0: OK, lesson to us all to be looking for those people who are in a dark time or new or yeah. lost or a little bit unsure or, you know, any of those things. And maybe we can be the Flora's in their life. Yeah, encouraging you don't yeah. have to, like, know
1: them, know them to be just encouraging to people. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And Good you, question. yeah, that's a great question. All right, John, what do we have next?
0: Our last comment of the day comes from Miss Sandy Weir. Okay, ladies, is it just me or was this book really hard to get into? I expected it to be more like the book Where the Crawdads Sing, which is a favorite of mine. But that just wasn't the case for me. I would love to know your thoughts. Also, love, love your podcast and really enjoy the edition of the monthly book review. Thanks so much. Oh, thanks, Sandy. I love that. Thank you for commenting. Yeah. Um, Do you remember where the credits sing in the beginning? I had a a harder time getting into that one. Okay, I remember. Mm -hmm. I feel like you kept saying you didn't love it at first. Yeah. So I think that I really think it's partly just this this like type of genre.
1: Yes. No, I for sure agree with that because listen, when I don't love thrillers and mysteries, right? But when you open a thriller and mystery and on page one, it says the mom was found dead in her kitchen with a Ugh. knife wound. Well, I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm interested, right? Yes. And now immediately am I freaked out? And is it my favorite? And does it make me nervous? Yes. But does that grab my attention? It, and it happens every time. Like page one, there's some terrible thing. And I'm like, well, I got to keep reading. And then yes. in like, I, I don't know, an autobiography. I always feel like they start with a hook that like you know, you know, Katie Couric has a new autobiography. Like she'll start with like some amazing hook about, oh, she's going to say that about Matt Lauer or whatever it is, right? It's like going to suck me in. But there's so much setup in this type of book.
0: Yeah, I even think a chick lit book, they typically start where it's like immediately cute. Or there's something, you know, like she's just been dumped by her boyfriend. Or there's something that's like really easy to get into. Now, granted, most of the time, you know what's going to happen on chapter two. But... Yes, I get it. It's it's a little bit quicker to like get into that story. So I completely agree. Yeah. It does take longer because there's so much to build in this type of, of book.
1: Yeah, and now correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, there's not a prologue in this book, right? I don't think so. You no, know, on my Kindle, it's hard to like skip to re- back. Yeah. You know, um, but I think sometimes in Chicklet too, they start with a prologue. Or I feel like even if it's like what are we calling Hardy fiction, if it starts with a prologue. That's like teases me about what's to come. I'm like, oh, well, let me let me get into that a little bit more. But yes, I would a hundred percent agree. This genre for me is hard to like sink my teeth into.
0: Okay, so maybe we should ask if we do um, another book. Should we stick to a certain like thriller yeah. genre because it helps people like get sucked in and and it's quicker to read.
1: And so one of our sweet sweet friends that's just she's such a reader, we reached out to her for this recommendation. And we said we just read a thriller. And yeah. we don't want chiclet. We want like, a, I think we said like a hearty, meaty book. I, and yeah, she immediately said this one. So we I feel
0: like we got exactly what we asked for. Yeah, yeah. Cause I even think we said like where the crawdad's Sing, yeah. like something like that. And so we were yeah. trying to change the genre just because we thought there might be people out there who didn't love a thriller. And so yeah. this was like an alternative to that. And but.
1: maybe I'm re- recalling it wrong. But the Paper Palace starts with, I think, I think it starts with like a, a, Ooh, a prologue. It starts with something that grabbed me. Or maybe it started, it, I, oh, it, it starts with a good, remember the first page of the Paper Palace, she's just made a terrible mistake, like the worst mistake of her life. And we don't know what it is? We don't know what it is yet, but okay. like one that's like, like she's talking about it. And I'm like, well, I got to know what this mistake is, yeah. you know, and I keep going. That's how, and yes, this one does not set the stage that way. It sets it much
0: slower. Okay, so if you, so let's say I would suggest Paper Palace if yeah. you'd read something similar and you, or you want another book. Yeah. I do think it's like, there was some bad, dark, like, stuff that happened to her, right? Like abuse in the Paper Palace that yeah. wasn't in this kind of book. Maybe
1: this is a good time to talk about rating. See, I would rate, the, if it was like a movie or I had to give like a, a movie rating, I would give the Paper Palace R. Me too. For language and content. It's phenomenal, but I would label it R. This book, though, it would be PG-13. And I think the 13 would only be content is so heavy. But I don't remember lots of, I don't remember, like, foul language wasn't really an issue. I don't remember that either. There was a
0: little, like, the fire that would be. violence. Yeah.
1: There's not sexual content. No. Uh, And it's, you know, it's been, what, two years since I've read Where the crawdad sings. I I would give that one probably PG-13 for the same reasons. They yep. would not
0: be R, in my opinion. Yeah, but The Paper Palace is definitely, yes. like, darker. Like, yeah. there were things that were like, oh, after I read it. Yeah. Now, what The Paper Palace has
1: going for it is it's present day, pretty much. I mean, they think back a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, I, I I have a hard time with books that aren't present day.
0: No, no. So, if you liked this one and you haven't read The Paper Palace and you're okay with something getting a little darker, then for sure, go read it. Um, okay, like this was a good book review. Yeah, yeah. So uh we are gonna take a pause on the book reviews until next year. Yes. We're gonna take you guys go enjoy your family over the holidays. Yes. So no one has to be worried about FOMO yes. and reading and us too. So No
1: pressure. So um when there is a book club book number three, we will announce it and you'll have plenty of time to read it before we air it. But right now we're just gonna like enjoy the holidays and not fuss with a a book club. Yes. But I hope you enjoyed this one, and everybody should go read it one more time. It's Kelly, I think it's Mustaine, M-U-S-T-I-A-N. Kelly Mustaine
0: is the book, The Girls in the Stilt House. And uh, I think everybody should read it. You? Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like, Schaefer, I'm talking to you, if you're not a fan of reading, then the Audible or audio version might be a good option because the narrator seemed to be good. Out of five stars, what star rating would you give it? Oh, I would give it a four. I would, too. Four. Mm -hmm. I would, too. Yeah. Very yeah. good book. Very good book. Okay. So let's move on to random reader questions. I am ready. These are super random today. When I was writing these out, I was like, these are random. You I guys did am a good ready. job sending these in. <laughs> Maybe I'm not ready. <laughs> okay. I'll start because you're not ready. Yep. Do you see their, their, uh, oh, I didn't even tell you where they were. You have four green post it notes. Oh, I right do. Here, or let not me. four, two. Okay. Let me grab them. Okay, as you're grabbing them. I sure do. Our first question was can you share some specifics of Andrew's training? Like weight training. That's what they meant. Yes, we can. Yes. Uh I mean, I would say we just kind of do full body and it's anything from like weights to bands, step ups. It's a lot of heavy weights.
1: And yeah. I think he specifically like Andrew has what is it, a six week program? We yes. Have? Yeah, hey, we have like a six week program that we can like repeat, you know, but at the beginning, maybe the reps are you're doing 12 reps, but by week six, he wants you doing only six reps because you've increased your weight enough. So I think yeah. he's like building, he wants you to build where you can do fewer reps with more weight.
0: Yeah. So like heavier weight yeah. training.
1: Yes. And he doesn't, I'm sure if we asked, he would elaborate on all sorts of what he thought we should do for our cardio or whatever. But
0: and he'd probably elaborate too much.
1: Yeah. So we just ask him for strength training. That's all we ask him to help us with. And yeah. so that's what he helps us with. I yes. Think. He's, you know what? You know, you get what you pay for, but I think we're getting a really good bargain, <laughs> right? He's doing great. Yeah. He's. Yeah. Very affordable. Um. Okay. This question. Erica, did you write
0: this question? Like, did you submit it? Oh, no, but I want to be friends with that person. I I don't know where they sent that in. But if this was you, call me because we're besties, new besties. (laughs) It's probably Erica's mom that submitted it.
1: Okay. Do you worry about your dog using the restroom, then walking back inside, tracking it in? No. And Uh, why is that? Please explain. Okay. Not to be too graphic. Okay, I have a coyote situation, right? Yes. There were two in my backyard just two days ago. So I have got a coyote. It's just the bane of my existence is my coyote situation. Okay? So I don't let my dogs... I mean, I'm out there with them. So Uh I see my dogs go to the bathroom. That's where I'm getting at. Okay? I, unfortunately, must watch all three dogs go to the bathroom because I don't trust to just leave them out there. Okay? If you ever watch a dog go to the bathroom, they're not stepping in it.
0: I know. I Okay, wait. I'm and going then, to go real graphic on this podcast. We're going to make it like rated inappropriate. TMI question, but is every is there never an opportunity where it's loose,
1: like out in the backyard? Yeah, yeah, like where
0: they could like step in it. Like, no, not step in it. That something could just be back there. Because it's not like a solid situation. I mean, listen, dogs are like kids. They can be gross. Okay? Like, okay. So in that situation, are you saying like you watch and you would notice? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Also, okay, now we're getting like really graphic. Dog owners no. understand what I'm okay. talking about. Okay, but not dog owners legit okay. have questions. Let me
1: tell you. Dogs know if something is stuck on them. Dogs are notifying you before you... It's not like they are... um uh, not aware. Dogs are super aware. So let's say my dog were to step in something or like is going to the bathroom and like it's stuck on him or something. My dog is like circling and trying to get it off and like rubbing. Like my dog is like once it
0: off. So Do I think that's because your dogs particularly know that you guys are very no. <laughs> hardcore about keeping things clean or that's all dogs. That's all dogs. So dogs,
1: okay. I think, are super hyper well just think like cats like bathe themselves right dogs yeah. are super i think hyper aware of like their own fur and their body and cleanliness yeah i for sure think no okay no, i i don't worry about that when i watch two andrew cleans up the poop out of our yard every single day so like no one's usually going to step in anything um but no dogs are hyper aware okay yeah like even if they have got I don't know. The smallest little thing can be stuck, like a leaf, and my dogs will just like pester themselves until they knock that little tiny leaf off of them. I don't know if their skins like super sensitive to the knowing fur, that they, they feel. It see- oh, the fur, they do their
0: hair. Yeah. Okay. You spend more time say, with America. Whoever wrote that question, call me. Yes. We are going to be friends. Yeah. Yes. Um. Okay. This one was a question for me because I think there's a question. Well, that was yeah. Erica, how was your transition from teacher to stay at home mom? Oh, that's a good question. Yes. Okay. Well, I would say it was the timing Mm. was really good because I had Ebby Lee in April and I went back like the last week of school to like say goodbye and pack up my stuff. And then I just didn't return the next school year. So from that standpoint, the transition was super easy because I wasn't like leaving in the middle of the year or anything like that. Um, and then immediately I became pregnant with Nixon. And so I was just tired. So, you know, like I had a baby and I was pregnant and I really, there was like a lot on my plate. And so it was a good, easy transition and it was like perfect timing. And I think if anything, like having Nixon so quickly right after made a, have and I feel like we were doing exactly what we should be doing. Um, so Yeah. Yeah.
1: Really, and I know you did not time it because Ebby Lee was like not planned, you know. Um, you know, she was like, you tried for a long time to get pregnant, so it wasn't timed, but that was really good timing.
0: Yeah, the time of year is that for a teacher? Yes, it was really good timing to have a baby, um, middle of April. It was. And the timing mm-hmm. to just come back and say yeah. goodbye and pack up. That was great. Your kids yep. got to like see you at the end. Yes. And then they got to bring in a new teacher to replace you
1: and nobody, you know. Yeah. Nobody was, was interrupted.
0: Good. Absolutely.
1: Okay. I don't know if it was either you or Andrew that asked this last question, but I feel like I've got a bone to pick with both of you about both. It could go either I don't way. remember what this question is. Okay. So Remind the, me. <laughs> Andrew and I were just having this argument. We've had it twice now in like the last week. Okay. okay. But you and I... I I don't see eye-to-eye on this either. It's favorite laundry detergent. Oh, oh, (laughs) yes. Okay, let me tell you my Andrew beef, and then you and I can get into ours. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Andrew, okay, I am so thankful that Andrew will help with laundry, all right? I mean, I would say I do a lot of it, most of it, but Andrew is super helpful with stuff like that. Well, he said the other day, he was like, "Um, you know, have you ever have you ever read like the Tide box? Of course I haven't read the Tide box, Andrew. Like, no, who reads the Tide box? But he did. And we use those pods uh-huh. and I love them because, okay. But he said, you know, it says like put one pod in for like a small load, two for a medium, three pods, for like a large load. Are you putting like three pods in? And I'm like, very clever, Tide. Like some more pods or whomever, right? If you're telling people to use, I'm like, no, I throw one in. One is fine. One's getting the job done. I'm not throwing yeah. three pods in for one. Like, me I neither. Mean, I always no, just use one. No. So he's like, look at that. So i look and it does. It says it on there. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, it's been 17 and a half years of marriage. I've only used one every load. I'm only going to use one. If I were trying to sell a product, though, I would encourage you to use two or three. I get that. So even just yesterday, he said, how many pods did you put in? I'm like, one. Like, I'm just going to put
0: one. Hey, wait. Is this your way of getting Andrew to do all the laundry? Oh. Because he's going to be like, you know what? The clothes aren't clean. I'll do it myself. Listen, it's a good strategy. Maybe I'll go with it. Okay. But you you would
1: only put one?
0: Yeah, because I thought, maybe I'm making this up, but I thought that there was a point where um, we were told that like our clothes have too much soap and too much laundry detergent that's like always on them. And do you remember this? I feel like there was a study that came out about it, how like we use too much and really if we like put water in our clothes, that like there would still be like soap in the fabric. Whoa. Is that a thing Do to make know. that up?
1: I, I am a huge fan of Tide. Um, and the Tide people obviously didn't write that study because if you do read, because I, I did go read what
0: it says. Well, I'm sure nobody who sells laundry detergent is gonna like encourage yeah. that study. No, they're encouraging like if you're doing a which every load I do is large. Yeah, it's a
1: family of six. I'm not gonna I'm it's every load is a big load, right? I'm not gonna start it till it's full and it's always full because there are six people here. Um, so every load is a big one, but I'm like, no, I'm putting one. We need to take a poll.
0: Yeah. I only use one pod ever. I've, yes. granted, I've never looked at the back of a tide thing, Well, but... me
1: either. But Andrew did. And it does say it. I mean, it, it, to his credit, only Andrew would like look at the back to make sure he's doing it correctly. Well, I mean, I'm like just throwing a pod in and calling it good. My clothes are clean. Everything's getting clean. I've never questioned it.
0: Okay. But now tell him our beef. Erica uses a
1: laundry detergent that I think smells really not great.
0: How, and how would you describe how you think it Like smells? an old lady. Oh, Shay. It like turns me off in a big way. It's that diva, like Tyler, diva scented laundry detergent that smells divine. And when you like pull out a shirt, it smells so good. But Shay cannot stand it.
1: No. And I also don't like when cl- I think like a person should smell good. Uh But I don't want the clothes like I don't want like then a whole family smells or like a house. Like I just want like a person like I want to hug someone and like they smell nice.
0: Smell nice with their perfume.
1: Yeah. Or just like their soap or just like they're clean. I don't know. (laughs) Just this scent reminds me of an old lady. This scent to me, I think if it maybe smelled like coconutty or I don't know, like a different scent. It just it's very perfumey. I don't love it, But I know lots of people do. I know. I know lots. And like most of our friends use it. I totally get it. I think it smells like an old lady.
0: How did we discover this once? Because I like probably like gifted you some detergent and you were like, please uh, never do that again. No.
1: How did we discover it?
0: I don't, I don't remember. remember either.
1: I, I definitely just like when I buy the Tide, I buy like, what is it like fresh is the scent or clean is the scent. It's like I just want my clothes to be clean yeah. and not have an, like remove it. Just take it I back to square one.
0: Remember how that went down. I, um, I like one thing that I will tell you is if, if I, and I use Tide cause that other stuff is, um, like I use it periodically cause it's just more expensive. Yeah. Um, so I don't feel like it makes sense to use all the time, but so I kind of go back and forth. But when I pull out like laundry that I've washed with Tide, like it's it smells okay, but like that, it smells like fresh, so clean. So clean. (laughs) Retirement home. (laughs) (laughs) So good. And not a good retirement home. (laughs) Yes. It's like a nice retirement home. Well, you need
1: to read the directions and make sure you're, uh, the next time you do it, you're adding the correct amount. Because who knew? I'm using plenty because I'm walking around smelling like
0: a retirement home. Right? I mean, well, I'm not using enough. (laughs) Yeah, we need to ask a poll. How many people use more than one pod in a large load? I just think, loads? like, a pod is a
1: pod. Like, when I do my dishwasher, I do use pods for your dishwasher. Yeah. Well, it has, like, a place for it, right? You put one pod and close the lid. Yeah. It's not asking me. to can more if there are yes, more dishes. They're not saying to put three in there. So, I'm like, it's the same thing. It's the equivalent. How many bounced sheets or whatever dryer sheets to use? I throw one in. I'm not throwing three in. Right. But it does ask. say it. But maybe I'm the only one. But I just refuse to go through a third...
0: Anyway, okay. this was today's are. episode. We got passionate about laundry detergent and we covered yes. the book, The Girl and the Stilt House. Like, yes. Wait, no, the, the Girls and the, the Stilt House.
1: house. <laughs> yes. Oh, you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. The Bestie Breakdown is brought to you by Erica Slaughter and Shay Schultz. It's produced by John Reinhart at Free Dream Studio. We love emails. Reach out to us at thebestiebreakdown at gmail.com.